0: I got a voicemail from my agent this evening. She opened with her usual apologies for being out of touch, but she wanted to talk to me about four contracts that were coming to a head. Details need to be nailed down. Four contracts. I knew about the transformation contract, but as for the other three, well, colour me intrigued. I had no idea what she was talking about. Of course, I called her back, and she dived in headfirst at her usual rat-a-tat-tat machine-gun conversational speed, and I listened. I mean... What was my choice? The transformation contract in the UK was the first up. She'd negotiated a higher per diem, plus for the expected three trips, they'd pick up the accommodation rental. Still thinking, I replied. Okay, she said. Number two, LA. I thought that was dead, I replied. It was, she said, but their first choice backed out, so now they're circling back. Same deal, I asked? Not quite. They want you on-prem 75% of the time, but given you live near LA, I don't think that's an issue, is it? (laughs) When was the last time you travelled on the five, I asked. She ignored me and moved on. Number three she announced, Sydney, Australia, 18 months. You'll need to be down there, they'll house you near their Sydney headquarters, and then there'll be travel needed to the three hubs, Perth, Melbourne and Darwin. Objectives already mapped out, you just have to make it happen. Jay, Jay, you know that just isn't how it will go, do My voice trailed off as I thought how different my life was since I signed up with Jay. My memory of dealing with executive recruiters, contract agencies, and even directly with the corporates, it was so time-consuming, not to mention soul-destroying, and it really never worked. In the vernacular of the entertainment industry, I was the talent— and talent is not the negotiator, and yet for all of my life I was. Stumbling from contract to contract, company to company, city to city, I was so far out of my depth. Jay changed everything. Sure, I still needed to go meet the people who needed the work done, but that was what I called the chemistry experiment. They already knew I could do the job. That's why we were talking. What they needed to bottom out was how I'd relate to their company, their culture, their people – and how that stacked up against other people offering similar services. They knew in advance what the deal was going to look like, but that wasn't for discussion when we met. If they want to talk about that, they talked to Jay. So different to what I was doing even as recently as five years ago. The interview process, the salary history, apparently my value being decided by how much others had paid me in the past. The day rate, God, it was mind-numbing and absolutely not my strong suit. Now, don't get me wrong. I can negotiate a sale for a company, even of a company, but it's made possible by removing emotion from the equation. Try doing that when talking about yourself. Funny, I used to complain about this all the time to friends, colleagues, family, anyone who would listen, really. And every one of them would reply, John, 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 just work with the recruiters. That's what they're there for. No, they are not. Follow the money. Recruiters are paid by the hiring entity. Guess where their loyalties lie. I wanted someone on my side, and yes, I pay her 20% of my annual income. But for that 20%, she has doubled what I was earning. And that's maths I like. Maths that comes from my secret agent. (laughs) And yes, this is an entire piece of fiction. To my knowledge, the world of managers, agencies, talent representatives, whatever you want to call them, are based entirely in the sport and entertainment industry for people like actors, directors, writers, artists, athletes, musicians, but not developers, programmers, transformation specialists, change agents, board whisperers. But why is that? What is so different about the creative world to the business world? particularly that the edges that separate the two are becoming increasingly blurred. Why hasn't this idea moved into the rest of business? I have this idea that we're in the process of change, and no, the gig economy is not what I'm talking about. That economy still has the corporate in the position of power and still treats people as fungible assets that can be mixed and matched at will with income continuing to race to the bottom. Nor am I talking about organizations like Kelly Services, Manpower, or other similar agencies. All of them are fine organisations that do a good job of placing people in positions of work. But again, for the most part, people are fungible assets. What I'm talking about is someone, some organisation, that is on my side and works with me to get me into interesting roles at interesting companies. Of course, an agent negotiating to place someone at $1 million is going to generate a 100000 income for themselves, even if they only charge 10%. Do that for one person per quarter and you've got a pretty good lifestyle. But if I'm placing someone to $100,000, which is still a good income, I'm going to need to place 10 such people just to earn the same amount myself. Clearly, the economics don't work. This is, of course, true in the world of entertainment. That's why set builders, carpenters, aren't typically represented by an agent. But... In the entertainment world, they have unions. When you get your gig on the latest blockbuster, the rate you are paid, the hours you work, they're all strictly controlled by law. Try telling that to the Amazon warehouse manager. So what is the solution? It is hard to make the model work for sub-100k incomes in the current world. But I have some ideas. For one, what if we stopped all these clever technologists creating coins and NFTs and got them to start thinking about applying the blockchain to smart contracts. Could that be the start of what I'm calling the portfolio lifestyle revolution? I'll come back to this at another time, but in the meantime, what do you think?